who is a leader and what is he expected to do in order for him to be effective now you're tuned to now tell us i'm your host anthony Murore. at now tell us we have guests come and tell us stories they come and inspire us they come and educate us on a subject and always we have some great guests come and join us and i say always because looking back at my over 200 episodes i can't i can't identify one episode where the guest said oh that was a boring guest so today we have a very great guest with us yeah his name is john kidwell and uh, he's he's going to be here shortly with us and we are going to be talking about redefining your servant leadership so why don't you join me as we go and meet john but before just we go I like to remind you to please share this episode with all your friends. Ask questions. We love questions. Make any comments. We love comments about anything that is on this podcast or on previous episodes. And maybe uh, tell us where you'd like us to head in the near. Oh, by the way, suggest a guest. If you'd like to see a guest on this show, please suggest a guest. And I won't take one more minute because I know we've got a lot to cover with John. Uh, just to remind you that this is now tell us i'm your host anthony Murore, a motivational speaker and author i've authored a book known as be good for good that has got stories of goodness with lessons on life and also the achieve your dream workbook that has got the seven ingredients for success you can get those books on amazon but don't go that don't go right now yeah stay here stay here because we need to talk with john so here we go Join me as we go meet, to meet John. Hello, John. Hey, Anthony. Thank you so much for having me join you today. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm also very much looking forward to it because uh, this is a topic I love and this is a topic that uh, many of our listeners would love to hear more being talked about it. And and so we are glad to have you here. Thank you. I was I was watching the intro and I was thinking, I got to pick up your book. Uh, what was it? The good one. It's right behind you. Be good for good. I was like, oh, yes, that sounds good. like a great one. I'm going to have to grab me that one as soon as we're done with this. Oh, so they say uh, you go to Amazon and you see what people have said about it. They, there you go. The awesome. Stories that are there. So it would be good if you grab it. And if you leave me Love a that. comment, a review on it, I will appreciate it. And thank you very much for that. Absolutely, Anthony. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, since I'm encouraging people not to go there right now, to stay here and hear about us, talk about uh, redefining your servant leadership. But before we do that, we'd like to know a bit about John. Uh, tell us about anything that you'd like us to know about you. 
Do you have a dog? Do you have a cat? Are you a swimmer? Anything? <laughs> uh, that, that's awesome. Uh, so uh, the most important things uh, about me, uh, I have a wonderful wife. I've been married uh, for almost 15 years. And uh, and we have three lovely children, uh, Anna, William, and Benjamin. And they are six, three, and one. And I'm going to have to repractice all of those ages because we are in birthday season. So they're all going to get older here soon. And I'm going to have to re redo that whole spiel and be like seven, four, two. I don't know. It doesn't fit as much, but, uh, but married three kiddos, uh, get to call Houston, Texas home and love what I do uh, at Leadwell. It's our leadership development company where we get to work with mission-driven leaders and mission-driven organizations. And, uh, and I love getting up and doing that every single day. Mm, that's wonderful. Yeah. Wow, that's wonderful. And uh, thank you that you have a family to look mm -hmm. up to when you need some reminding that you are a leader and you need to just prove it by what you're doing back at home. <laughs> and, and isn't the home like the proving ground, the training yeah. ground, the testing ground, uh, the place where uh, we get to lead first? And usually we don't lead our best there. Uh, like we practice everything there so we can do it better out in, in public or in work. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a pleasure to to be able to be husband, dad, and leader at home. Uh, and I got, I got some good ones that, you know, as soon as we shut off work for the day, they're there ready to play, uh, ready to have dinner, ready to do life. And so, uh, like you said, it's a great, it's a great spot to lead. I love being able to do that. Yeah. And maybe we'll start on this point that I see, I hear people talk about, and then they, they say there's a balance there's no balance uh, do you do you how how do you approach this topic life work balance yeah i so that's a great question and i don't know about you but i always think about balance and mm -hmm. like then then i'm kind of always measuring and shifting and like did i lean enough to the left and did i lean enough to the right to keep the bike kind of upright right and mm -hmm. And I think it was Einstein that said, like, the only way that a bike stays upright is if it keeps moving. And so I've, over the years, I heard somebody, uh, his name's Paul, and he once said, you know, John, I don't really look at it as work-life balance. Uh, I look at it as work-life integration, kind of bringing these things together. Mm -hmm. And that really hit me is that, yeah, it's it's not that I'm trying to balance good with bad. It's not that I'm trying to balance my work with my family. I'm only one person. I don't get to be like work dad, like work John and then dad John or home John. Like it's just me uh, as I only got me It's just one. And so I got to figure out how to integrate these things together. And so um, inside of my business and kind of things that we've built into it is we think about things like working hard and resting well. Uh, we want to work hard, rest well. We yeah. want to be able to uh, devote uh, time for work when it's work time and be completely present on faith and family and friends when it's not work time. Uh, so for me, it's really been this path of figuring out how to integrate these things and devote the right focus, the right energy, the right attention to the most important thing when it's that thing's time. So mm -hmm. if I'm at work, I'm all in at work. If I'm with my family, I'm all in with my family. And if a major priority comes up in either one of those two things, we, we might switch. But other than that, it's work has its time, family has its time. Uh, and we focus on the things I'm trying to focus on at the time I intend to focus on them. 
Wow, that's a good perspective. And it's good that you mentioned that in order for you to keep balance riding a bicycle, then you've got to keep on moving. And yeah. that reminds me of another one I had is an interesting one that says, if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> that's right there's a song about that right if you're going to i can't sing i won't even try but i feel like there's some song lyrics for that one too i haven't heard about that but i read that quote many years ago and uh, it kind of inspires me and reminds me that whatever it is that i'm going through i gotta keep on moving because if i don't move i'm gonna get burned right where i am but mm. if i keep on moving i have a chance of coming out on the other side that's right yeah that's yeah. good that's good anthony yeah. Wow. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, redefine your servant leadership. I picked this title from a book that I saw that is authored by one John <laughs> Kidwell. Redefine there it is. leadership. That's a wonderful cover. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, EJ Skiro made that Zach Gomez took that picture and I am the goofy smile guy. Uh, that's what I got to bring to it. That's, and, uh, that's, the, and so, that's the biggest, that's the biggest smile that I have seen uh, in the recent past. <laughs> that's a good I'll one. take it. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. No, that is so good. Those guys did such a great job with it. Thank you for showing that. And yeah, redefine your servant leadership. I, uh, you know, if you want me to, I'd say, let's dive into the story of why, why did I even have to do that? And what did I learn that, perhaps can be helpful for other people. Um, yeah, dive us into it. This is let's do time. it. So, now tell us. So, now tell us. So now tell us. So Anthony, I don't know if you have had this or if folks that listen have had this, but I see myself as a servant leader and I would lead by example. I like to do things to be helpful to others. I want to show up in a way where you are going to be good and be well that you are going to grow, that the business is going to throw. And still there were these like ideas uh, and connotations and just kind of thoughts that people might have about how you are supposed to be as a servant leader. Mm -hmm. Things like, well, you know, if you're a servant leader, you're, you're always going to be really, really nice, uh, kind of people pleasing even mm. that, that going back to some of that work-life balance thing, that if you're a servant leader, you're always going to be available. Uh, you're always going to say yes, because you care so much about what you do that mm -hmm. you would never tell me no. It's mean to tell me no. Why would you say no? That you have to have this bleeding heart and that you don't really bring in the business side of work if you're a servant leader, that you don't focus on the business, you focus on the people. Mm -hmm. And and so I've, I was feeling that. And what I found is I tried to can live out these ideals of servant leadership is that I was getting boxed in into, well, no, you, you don't get to have a performance-based conversation because you're about the one that keeps the people all good and happy as a servant leader. And that you, you don't need to worry about strategy. You need to worry about taking care of the stuff that's right in front of you and just serving the people or, you know, perhaps it's taking out the trash or uh, like those type of ideas. Mm -hmm. And, and I was continuing to find opportunities to lead and getting promotions. And instead of figuring out how to bring these things together, kind of the servant heart and business mind, I was doing it in a way where I was being really nice to people, really like people pleasing, always saying yes, kind of 
pushing myself to the point of being exhausted and burnt out, not tired, but like almost bitter uh, that I was taking some of these things on. And instead of helping people grow by developing them through the work or holding them to the things that they've said they would do, I would just take it all myself and make sure that it got all done at a level of excellence that I thought was excellent at the time it was supposed to. And not only was I exhausted uh, and burnt out, I also realized that I wasn't really serving people in the organization as best I could. Mm -hmm. So much so that at one point I was challenged by my leader and he said, John, can I talk to you for a second? And we walked down and we're standing outside his hallway and he said, hey, I know that you're honest. I know that you're a person of integrity. But when you when you can't engage in these meetings and have tough conversations and uh, disagree with people, and then you go and kind of do whatever needs to be done, we think you're being dishonest and that you're hiding things. Mm. And for you to be a part of this team, to stay at this level of leadership, you have to be able to get better at engaging in conflict, crucial conversations, kind of disagreeing, and then committing to what the team says. Mm. And that just, that crushed me because I had this idea of servant leadership that I don't do those things, that I don't engage in conflict, that I don't disagree, that that wouldn't be nice. And so I, I was kind of unraveling it all. I started Googling, like, what is leadership? Googling, what is servant leadership? And I couldn't find anything that was that would fit mm-hmm. for leadership. I, I found things that none of us really like about leaders, that a leader is one who commands or controls a people, group, or organization. And all of us get bothered about leaders who are commanding and controlling. <laughs> and then I saw a leader is one that has the position of leadership. And that's another thing that most of us don't really say like, you know, I really like this person because of the position they have. Like we respect the position, but when people use the position to get what they want, we don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to be that type of leader. And then I was trying to find things on servant leadership. And all I could find was a servant leader is one who serves. <laughs> and that just didn't have enough meat on the bone for me uh, to be able to do anything with. It was just circular. Like, I'm a teacher because I teach. Well, okay, uh, right? And so I just needed some more depth in there. And and so I, I finally got to the spot after reading Greenleaf and looking at like, what does Lencioni say? What does Maxwell say? How does the Bible start to talk about leadership? What does McKinsey say is leadership? Where we landed on leadership, servant leadership is the act of influencing the attitudes, thoughts, and behaviors of others toward a shared purpose. Hmm. the direction that we are all trying to go to. Hmm. And then once once I had that, I was able to look and see, well, if I'm going to influence folks, if I'm going to do that in a way that benefits them, if we're going to advance towards this shared purpose, kind of the mission that we are on, I might not always be able to please people, but I can always be mission-driven. And that I can then turn around and, my values about how I want to lead will inform how I treat people. Mm -hmm. And so we started to reorient that servant leadership isn't people pleasing. It's not naive. It's not being overly nice, but it is in fact showing up mission driven Mm -hmm. where I'm always putting people first, where I tell the kind truth, where I get to use my servant heart and my business mind. Uh, So 
really almost to what we were talking about before the redefining servant leadership for me was going from a very one-sided view of servant leadership into a more integrated approach to servant leadership that's mission-driven, servant-hearted, and business-minded. That's very well put, and thank you for that. I was going through and checking on the chapters, Mm -hmm. and, and I see... Let's first jump into the myths and, and you talk about what yeah. you've been thinking servant leadership is. And uh, I see you've listed some 10 myths. Yeah. That this idea that it comes from a cultural narrative around kind of if you're a servant leader, you do or don't do things that other leaders might do. So mm-hmm. there's a Forbes there's a Forbes article that's out there that says there's traditional leadership and there's servant leadership. Okay. And in the traditional leadership, they talk about focusing on the organization as a whole. They talk about direction and vision and motivation. And then it completely changes and says, if your style's servant leadership, then you focus on the people below you mm-hmm. and on their well-being. And it says you don't focus on the company as a whole. And that, that immediately creates this limiting belief and this idea that if I'm a servant leader, I can't ever lead the entire business or organization. Mm-hmm. That to do that, well, I'd have to give up these things. And that's not true. That idea starts to create other type of myths and misconceptions and just these cultural norms around servant leadership, like a servant leader must be nice A servant leader must always be available, that they're Mm -hmm. permissive, that they're kind of naive even, and that they have a bleeding heart. And as I started going into these things, I realized that most of them are really good things that when we take too far and that we don't balance out what might be true, what's truly needed to best serve people and the organization. Mm Mm-hmm then we can go down the wrong path. And instead of it being people-pleasing or nice, it's mission-driven, always committed to telling the kind truth. That instead of it being a bleeding heart, which as part of writing the book, I looked up and a bleeding heart is called a ventricular rupture. And most likely if you have a ventricular rupture, you are going to die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if, if we have a bleeding heart in business where there is never any no, never any discretion around the spending, no stewarding of the money, the resources, people's time and their energy, we're going to run ourselves into the ground. And so instead of just that bleeding heart, it's really this combination of servant heart and a business mind saying, we're going to be strategic about our service, that we want to do good things. Mm -hmm. And because it's so important, we're going to figure out how to do them well. We're going to take strategic risks with our investments, with where we put marketing dollars, uh, with this new location that we're going to build. We can combine these two things to create even better results for the people, for the business, uh, for all of it. Hmm. And then you talk about the three key attributes of a servant leader. Which are they? So uh, really, these are like the underneath, right? If, if if, if If you and I are sitting here talking and I'm saying, Anthony, like you want to be mission driven. So when people come and are like, Anthony, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. And instead of going and telling this person, yes, and this person, yes, and this person, yes, you're saying, 
oh no, like these are all wonderful ideas, my friends. But for us, we need to focus right here. Like that's a hard thing to do uh, to yeah. tell people no and always reorient. So these these three essential attributes are really my internal, my underneath traits attributes that I need so that I can live out as this redefined servant leader. Mm-hmm. And so what, what they are, are character mm-hmm. and, and not just character like, Oh, Anthony and I are good guys. Right. And not just character like high morals and high ethics, yeah. but actually the, the character that Dr. Townsend and Dr. Henry cloud define as the character that is the ability to meet the demands of reality. That if, the stakes are really high. I can show up still as who I am and how I want to be when the stakes are high. So that's the type of character we're talking about. Then after character, the next essential attribute is relationship. Mm-hmm. That that sometimes if I'm the one who's serving everybody, <laughs> I don't always let people serve me. Uh, it's more of a give, 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 give. Like, no, I'm not the one that asks for help. No, mm-hmm. I'm not the one that needs people. Everybody else needs people. And for me to continue to grow, for any of us to continue to grow, we don't grow in isolation. We grow in community and we gain more character the more that we are in relationship with other people because those individuals are for us. They want us to win. They are going to give us truth. They're going to give us encouragement. They're going to be able to call us to act and be like, Anthony, that's not what you said you were going to do. Like, come on, man. We don't get that unless we are in a good, healthy relationship with other people. And then the last one, the one that really is all about, do I have what it takes to be able to deliver on these things is the skills. Mm -hmm. Skills like vision casting, skills like communication, skills like discerning, kind of making those wise decisions, getting other people to to activate, to go do, right? Sending them. Mm. Character, relationship skills are the essential attributes that I kind of figured out underneath that I need to work on myself so that I can show up as the as the person, as the dad, as the leader that I want to be in the organization. Mm. Character, relationships, and skills. That's right. Well, that's that's right. And thank you. And the stronger the deeper that I can get in each of those, it's like these circles keep coming over and over and over and, and getting closer and tighter together. And when it is there, then I get to show up more as that whole leader, as one that is free and confident and can be humble to be able to serve and do whatever is needed so that the people can be supported so that they can develop so that we can produce results so that we can serve people. uh, And so that everybody kind of in and around the organization and who we serve can profit, can grow, uh, can thrive. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. At some point you mentioned the Bible. Thank you very much because it's something that we very much uh, pick ideas from, get the stories Mm -hmm. that inspire us. And I love the story of Moses. Hmm. But then <laughs> something that is very surprising, Moses, who did all he did, the miracles, and then he led the people to the promised land. It's the people who made him not to enter that promised land because they they, they, they actually, you know the story, and many of us mm-hmm. know the story. They, they, they drove, I mean, they... It's it's not an easy thing to read a cloud. Uh, I mean, uh, to lead a crowd. 
Yeah. They're going to make you do things that you can, you have never imagined. Yeah. How do you handle crisis as a servant leader? That's a great question. And Moses had a lot of crisis. Uh, he basically was walking around in crisis for 40 years, wasn't he? Um, mm-hmm. But handling crisis as a servant leader, I think because you come in with a perspective on it being mission-driven and about people, you can enter with a perspective that a crisis isn't necessarily going to be fatal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can take some perspective and and have some peace. Um, I think the other thing that as a servant leader, you get to go into that crisis with is you can really say, how can I approach this problem, this chaotic situation, thinking about how can we create kind of win-win-win opportunities on the other side? Mm-hmm. Um, so, f- for example, um, in in one of the organizations I used to work with, uh, we experienced a flood in 2017. It was yeah. a massive flood here in Houston. It's called Hurricane Harvey. And just in our organization, we flooded eight of our 24 facilities, and four of those were catastrophic floods. Uh, lots of money had to be raised for capital. Mm-hmm. And we had some tremendous servant leaders that when they ran into that, like there's a mission that drove us, which meant we were focusing outward, which I think is one of the keys that servant leaders get to do is they get to focus outward in a crisis mm-hmm. because, because they know that they're good, right? So they get to focus outward and they were thinking about the community. Uh, they were thinking about the people who work there. Uh, yes, they were thinking about our assets and the money and everything, but the decision-making was first coming from what does the ultimate success look like? Mm. If we save some money in the bank, but our community is hurting and we lose all of our staff, it's not going to be a successful end to this crisis. So how do we do this in a way where the community is thriving or at least healing, where our people, as much as we possibly can, are able to continue to work and be paid and do the meaningful work of the organization. And yes, we know we're going to be strapped for money. Mm-hmm. So what are some strategies that we can do to build in? How can we earn money? How can we raise money? What can we do uh, to steward what we have and to create more by serving people even, even better? Mm-hmm. And so I think as a servant leader, you get to say, I get to focus on other people. You get the perspective of kind of what is most important. Uh, And then you get to look at opportunities to create different scenarios where whomever you're trying to serve can thrive. Mm. Whomever you're trying to serve can thrive. Yeah. At the same time, making sure that you don't miss the promised land yourself. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, Moses didn't get to, he, uh, he did not follow the instructions he was given. And mm-hmm. sadly, that was one of his consequences. However, all that work did prepare an entire next generation uh, to go into that promised land, right? Joshua and Caleb got to lead Israel in there. And so even in that major bummer uh, for Moses, tremendous blessing for those that came behind him. Uh, and 
I just kind of take that as I'm not, I'm not going to do it perfectly. I know that and it stinks. I'd much rather do it perfectly, but I'm not going to, but I can do it faithfully uh, and continue to kind of serve people, walk the mission that I think I'm supposed to be on and do it in a way that is creating opportunities for other people. Uh, and if we do that, then we can create something that, that serves others and, and perhaps even, uh, creates ripples and in, in impact where we can't even see. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We really thank you for coming and everything that you have shared with us in this episode. We're almost coming to the end, but before we go, we thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anthony. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, we also thank all our viewers and listeners. Uh, special mention goes to Andy Charles. Keep going, John. Great interview, Anthony. Thank you, Andy. We appreciate you. Yeah, Andy's a good one too. Uh, I had the privilege of doing a show with uh, with Andy, and so uh, it is awesome to see him. He's he's a great one, uh, Anthony. You and he would would connect and, and get along really really well. So thank you, Andy. Yeah, I have an opportunity to have connected with him not once, not twice, but uh, I and I look forward to working with him much more. And he says he recommends you, so that's maybe something <laughs> that we could be working together. He says that you are very consistent and you are very articulate at your passion. Mm. Awesome! I will have to pay him for that compliment after uh, <laughs> after the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, connect with him and just. Uh, that's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, before we we go, um, is there something? Okay, I like asking people or our guests to leave us with something that we should never forget. And this, based on uh, servant leadership, what's that one thing that you'd like us never, ever, ever to forget? Um, I think that uh, for servant leadership, it's it's so often something that is so personal um, that perhaps there's a, a faith or a spirituality con context to it uh, that most folks that are on a mission or that get into work that they really care about and has a lot of meaning for them, usually there's some sort of personal trial. Like you said, if you're going through hell, just keep walking, right? There's a personal trial or a misery that they have that they've worked through and and it, this is such a rich and deep approach to leading. Mm. Uh, and my encouragement would be to amplify that. Uh, because the good, the good that you can do, if you turn that volume up, it only makes it better. Mm. Right? Nobody, nobody gets mad and, and nobody gets discouraged when we're turning good things up and bringing those to more people. And so as a servant leader, look at how you can lean into more of the good that, that your heart's telling you to do. And how can you look at doing it over a lifetime? And then just like at the end of the book, there's this beautiful example of Alan and Catherine Barnhart. Mm -hmm. And they have completely worked it into their entire organization. Uh, you see it in the values of the organization where the servant leadership is one of the values. And they talk about trust and belonging. They also talk about compensation, which many of us don't do in tight of servant leadership, but they talk about us being stewards and servants wanting to compensate our people well. Mm. They talk about profit for a purpose and being able to bake that in into the value structure of the organization. So make these big picture priorities. 
Mm. What is that good, great vision? The meaningful work that you do, the values that your organization have, or that your team has that you lead with. Mm. How can you bake those in to the organization, to your team structure, so that you can amplify these good and great things and then look for ways to live it out? So here are some examples from Alan and Catherine and from some what other servant leaders are doing. Alan and Catherine uh, give a tremendous amount of money to causes that they care about. Mm-hmm. When I was when I was doing research for the book, that year they gave away $50 million, five zero, <laughs> 50 million dollars around the world. A tremendous, right? They actually also gave away the entire company. It's now owned by a foundation. They mm-hmm. are trustees of that business, which is just remarkable to think about. They have a $600 million company that has been given away. Mm-hmm. They are putting, they're putting everything that they care about and that they value, kind of pointing at the mission that they are on to build constructive work, to glorify God, to help people around the world uh, through through mission-based work. Mm. And so they are doing those things and, you know, in small, smaller scale, uh, just because they haven't been doing it as long. There's a kitchen here in Houston called belong kitchen that they wanted to create a place to employ individuals with special needs. And so they did, they created a, a restaurant and a catering business, special food, made by special people, right? And so they took something that they cared about and they worked it in this servant heart and this business mind to create something. So if you have that, how can you figure out how to bring some of these things that you care about into your work, into your team? Uh, because that will amplify the good that you're already doing. Mm. Special food by special people. As I'm, I'm hearing Isn't that. that cool? Good. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, John, uh, for for that. Uh, servant leadership, redefining it. That's why. That's what we are talking about today. For mm-hmm. someone who may have got us going, and our guest is John Kidwell. By the way, how did how did you get that name? John Kidwell. 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 Uh, so that is a great question. I don't know. Uh, it was my grandfather's name. I think it's English, uh, like European English. Um, uh, but, uh, but I don't exactly know where it came from. Uh, previous to that, all of our names were very German background, like, okay. uh, Wetzel, uh, which is a very German, uh, type of name, right? Uh, no relation to Wetzel's pretzels, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's an English name that, that kind of followed my grandfather's family over here sometime and over here being to America sometime in the 1700s or so. Uh, so I'll take it. Uh, and you know, usually it, it comes with some jokes, uh, either something about has kids well, or kids well, like joking well, or whatever it is, but, uh, it seems to be working for me. So I'll take it. Ah, keep it, keep it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep it with you and keep it close. So that's would- right. That's right. Yeah, so thank you very much for hopping on to our show. We appreciate your time. And um, yeah, we we are coming to the end of the show. What's in the future for you? So that's a great question. Uh, we, we have this book that we want to make sure that for those servant leaders who are looking at how can I build business into my style of servant leadership? Or for that servant leader who says, you know what? 
I used to say I was a servant leader, but people just are so judgy uh, and kind of box me in if I say I'm a servant leader. I don't want to do it anymore. We want to get the book to those groups of people uh, as much as we can. And so we're focusing on that. And then inside of inside of our team, we mainly work with organizations. So we go into a mission-driven organization. This could be a not-for-profit. This could be a credit union, an educational institution, a small business. We go places where people are doing business for more than just the bottom line. They got a big driving purpose to what they're doing. And we go in there and we work with executives and help them align on big picture priorities. Uh, and then we help train and develop their mid-level leaders uh, so that they can create opportunities, improve retention, increase their productivity. Uh, we come alongside them and hopefully partner with them in a way that they're able to develop their people, align their team around those big picture priorities and create a really winning, healthy culture. And so that is outside of book and podcast and hanging out with great people like you, Anthony, that is what we do every single day is go to organizations and do training and coaching and deliver content to help them do that. Oh, that's cool. And how can someone find out more about that and maybe even connect with you, follow up with what you're doing and uh, become a good servant oh. leader? Oh, awesome. Thank you for, for that. Uh, the website for the business is leadwell.com, uh, L-E-A-D-W-E-L-L.com. And, um, and if you want more on the book, uh, it's just the title, uh, the title of the book, uh, redefineyourservantleadership.com. If you go there, uh, it will point you to a page that tells you where you can get it. We also have extra resources, like a guide that you can download uh, that kind of walks you through uh, a little bit of a workbook for the book that you can have, uh, plus some other resources. And then on, on social media platforms, at the Leadwell page is where you will find most of the business stuff. And at John Kidwell, no H, uh, just J-O-N, at John Kidwell is where you'll find me. Okay, thank you for that. So you've had it, each and every one of you. John has told us. Thank you. Thank you for telling us. My uh, pleasure. Thank you for having me, Anthony. Yeah, it's been such an honor hosting you. And um, yeah, have a great time and uh, keep on leading. Like That's your, right. Keep on leading. Keep I love on. it. Yes, and to everyone out there, yeah, keep being you the best version of you. Remember you are a leader. It doesn't matter uh, how many people are following you. They will, they, they don't follow you for you to become a leader. You become a leader and then they will follow you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we are out of this place. I'll see you next time. This has been your host, Anthony Morore at Now Tell Us and our special guest, John Kidwell, saying bye. Bye.